Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I'm your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my friends Cameron and Bailey. Hey. Hey. Bailey, pray us in. Of course. Um, God Almighty, thank you for um, today, again, for this opportunity that we have to just talk with our extended family. Um, And thank you for the friends and the family that you've given us here um, that make this possible. Um, Just where we have a location to record that is as beautiful and glorious as this. So, Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time, this conversation to you. And we just pray that you would use this time to... Um, bring our minds and our hearts more onto your mission. Um, help to bring us back on track where we're, um, yeah, just where we're distracted and, and all those things. Um, Lord, help to give us insight and wisdom that we don't have when we just think in our own brains, but help us to be um, of one mind as we go about your work here. Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as most of you know, um, you guys uh, sent us here to Norway to ch- plant a church and <laughs> preach the gospel. And if you don't know that, you could be a potential supporter by looking at the <laughs> links below. <laughs> but uh, I've, we figured, uh, you know, we've only talked about, you know, sharing the gospel with one gentleman so far in this podcast. So we want to share some of those stories, some of the people we've talked to, and yeah. uh, some of our experiences doing gospel work in Norway. And our coffee cart provided us some really great opportunities to do that this mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. So how about you go ahead and just jump us into this pool uh, yeah. by starting off with... I mean, we've had... Um, they kind of all like blend together at this point because we've right. had, I feel like, one coffee cart outing a week for the past month or so. Um, so I don't know. We've had like a whole range of conversations. Jake and I know how to make pour-overs now, thanks to Cam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that we can be pour-over makers and not just uh, flyer hander-outers and all that. So, That's right. Um, but it's been good. Like we've had a good range of. Um, we had one event. Um, I forget what it was called, but the event where multiple churches were gathered. Yeah. Oh, welcome to. Yeah. Yeah. It means um, welcome to in uh, English. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a event that um, I think, for the most part, actually allowed us just to get to know many of the other Christians in the area. Um, mm-hmm. Like there weren't too many non-Christians that yeah. I think even came by our table. Yeah. But a really good time to see. The church that lives in Oslo. Yeah, um, I'm glad you bring and, that up. So, yeah. Velkommen Til is an event that they put on for incoming college students in right. Oslo, and mm-hmm. actually they have them in, in cities all over the United States, uh, United States, all over Norway. <laughs> I don't know if they have Velkommen Til in, in the, the United, United States. States. Well, they wouldn't call it that. That'd be a little no. silly. But. I mean, <laughs> you don't know either. Don't. I guess not. Maybe in Minnesota they yeah. would call it that. But go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the Anyways, I'm sorry. Just but that was uh, yeah. So there, we didn't expect many non-believers to be there, but we took the coffee bike from home church out to sort of meet people who are coming and connect them with our church, so that students who are coming to the area have some idea what their sort of church landscape is or who they'd like to connect with. And it was a really cool opportunity to meet the other. Yeah, the other churches who were there, and it actually included mm. Bielsen Mishonshirka, which is where yes. we're recording right now. Yay, and they had a stand, Mishonshirka. They had a yeah. stand right next to ours, which was which is wonderful. They're wonderful friends of ours. Yeah, and then uh, we got to see and meet some of the other sort of churches and groups that were in the area. 
Yeah, it was really cool. I got to see a lot of people that I had worked with with different worship nights we had done. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of not bizarre, but just an interesting moment for me. Like, wow, like this is my city. And like I'm meeting a, in my new city that I moved mm-hmm. to a year ago. Um, <laughs> this is my city. Right. <laughs> not like a, looking I'm, over the city. <laughs> I am a knight. I am Batman. Why no, would you uh, do that to him? <laughs> Thank you, Billy. <laughs> um, so it was just interesting, like seeing, like, wow, these are like people I know. Cause I mean, I, I expect that in Temecula, the place mm-hmm. I grew up in, right? I expect going to different churches or seeing people at the mall or different events and like seeing people I recognize. But it was interesting here mm-hmm. to have that experience, like, wow, I know this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. And um, it was a fun experience just all around, just mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and, you know, in addition to that, we've also been taking out the coffee bike to a, a kind of an area called Grunland, mm-hmm. which is a, um, Kind of a district here in Oslo that is has a really high Middle Eastern immigrant presence. Yeah, Middle so, Eastern, North Africa, mostly Muslim. Right, absolutely. Uh, that's where we've been doing the majority of our um, uh, coffee biking. Uh, the gentleman we talked about a couple episodes ago on an episode called Blessed Assurance uh, named Muhammad. He was uh, a gentleman we met at the coffee bike. Um, but anyways, yeah, we've been busy with that thing. Mm-hmm. We take it out a couple times a month at least. Um, which is really good because it's been scratching that itch of mine to go <laughs> preach the gospel to everything that moves. So, yeah. Anyways, so why don't you talk about some of the conversations that you got to have, anything in particular that stood out? Yeah, um, I think just like to kind of summarize all three because there's like totally different um, conversations we can get into from each of those um, coffee cart excursions. Yeah. Um, so the first one was Welcome Until, uh, mostly talking to Christians in the city. Um, the second one um, that is on my mind right now is um, was an event. I forget the name of this event too, but it was mm-hmm. in Grönland. Oh, Grönland's with, Fest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and with multiple non-Christian organizations. So mm-hmm. we were, yeah, we were there and able to just share coffee and meet tons of people who weren't like coming up to see a church thing at all like yeah. it was tons of people who were there grabbing hot i mean not hot dogs because <laughs> kebab were in, yeah. Kebab, yeah. Kebab, yeah yeah um but yeah just a festival that we got to be a part of and then the um other two that i'm thinking of are our usual kind of gig which is going into Groenland and just greeting people who are because it's kind of like a, a you call it like a, a thoroughfare or yeah, something well, it's called Groenland like torg which yeah. is like okay. a square or a market sure. or a center, mm-hmm. but it's a place where people are walking through. It's like not mm-hmm. it's not a destination. So we're kind of out in the I don't know the sort of common arrow the mm-hmm. area, the sort of thoroughfare, right. and there's like a grocery store and kebab shops and the train all stations ki- right train there. station, yeah. all mm-hmm. kinds of merchants and food and clothing, tons and, of activity. Yeah, yeah, tons yeah. of activity. It's not really a place people are coming to hang out. Mm-hmm. It's a place where people are walking through. And we've been going on Fridays, which is the the day when. Uh, mm-hmm. People there are are going to the mosque to pray. Mm-hmm. So um, to kick us off with one conversation, although I do want to go back and like give the floor to you for like one um, experience we had when we went to Welcome Until. Mm-hmm. Um, but so one conversation um, I had was with a man. Oh man, okay, I'm going to jump into the big one. Um, <laughs> A really cool, really kind um, gentleman named Najib, mm. um, or he said, "If it depends on what country he's in, sometimes <laughs> he goes by Nikolai or Nicholas or whatever." So, mm. um, but uh, yeah, my buddy Najib speaks eight languages. Yeah, was so kind and just like um, within a few minutes. So it was really strange. I was um, 
walking around because the coffee cart, we were like open for 10 minutes, open. Um, and there was tons of activity and tons of conversations going on. And there was just one gentleman like walking away. Like he looked at the sign for a little bit and then was walking away. And I was like, oh, do you, like, did you want <laughs> coffee? And no one talked to you or mm-hmm. what happened there? And he was just like, oh, no, I, I didn't want any coffee. This was in Norwegian at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I was oh. yeah, sweating. Oh. Um, but then he caught like, since he speaks eight languages, he caught like three exchanges in that I was learning Norwegian <laughs> and he switched to English for me. Yeah. And he sounds like an American through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyways, the, he was looking just to see what was going on and he was on the way to his um, prayer service for mm-hmm. that Friday. Um, and he just kind of opened up to me about his entire life. Like, yeah. I didn't have to pry very much. He gave me his whole life story. Um, and yeah, it, it was just really kind and, um, I don't know, like God gave me someone who had their heart open. Mm. Um, and he even told me that morning he had prayed um, to Allah and asked him to just give him someone to encourage him that day because he had some rough really? life stuff wow. that he was willing to share with me. So um, he's had a difficult go of it. But basically mm-hmm. he opened up a lot to me and he was on the way to his prayer service. So I just asked him, like, could I go and like walk you to the mosque that you're going to? Nice. And I walked him there and then he invited me in and I warned him at the door. Um, like, I would love to go in and observe, but I can't go in and worship with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't pray with you or like worship in yeah. the way that you worship. Um, but I would love to be an observer if you'll have me. Um, and he did. So, um, he brought me into their service, showed me their, they do several cleansing, um, activities before they go. And yeah. Just a quick question. Cause yeah. this is, um, because I had to go visit a mosque for, we talked about this, I don't know how long ago, but we mm-hmm. did. So I also have had to visit a mosque for our uh, for a class for school. Um, was this a kind of mosque where you had to take your shoes off and wash your feet mm-hmm. before you go in? Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was, uh, it was something like wash everything three times. So his nose, his face, his hands, his feet, um, wow. and everything in it. Because I warned him beforehand, like, I can't worship in the way that you do, he didn't expect that of me at all. He welcomed mm-hmm. me in as a guest. And um, after those uh, rituals or cleansing practices, we went into the main room where the service was being held. Yeah. What a Christian would call a service, but right. um, it was totally different. Uh, did you visit an actual service when you went for school? Or? Yeah, so when I... I, I I assume it was very, very similar to what you experienced. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go with you. I couldn't. I was talking to uh, someone else. But mm-hmm. um, it was like an actual service, and they had like a balcony that I could sit on and watch from above. And so I walked around and like, you know, took notes on what I saw written on the walls and, you know, questions I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was an actual service that I witnessed. Yeah. yeah. And I won't go into like too much more detail on the actual service, but just to say like it was very different from – what we Christians do, like in our worship service, yeah. mm-hmm. is night and day, um, like yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. It was a room, um, and this is kind of like the main discussion, I guess we would have. Um, it was just eye-opening to mm-hmm. walk into that room and see people flooding into the room, mm-hmm. and it was only men. So the women and children um, were in a different room, um, but it was only men filling a room that's probably 
four times the space that we use for home church. And that room was packed wall to wall Mm. with men praying and on their knees and everything. Um, But to see their service and, um, yeah, just all of their things um, with my own eyes and not just hear about it. And, like, we're in Gremlin, you know, with the coffee cart talking to um, people of the Muslim faith, Mm -hmm. but to actually see them in their service and just how many um, there are was eye-opening, especially as people who are here to plant a Christian church. Can I ask just real quick? Um, So would mostly, like, uh, people from, like, the Middle East or Northern Africa, or did you see any Norwegians in there in the service? Okay, wow. Yeah, Um, I think mostly Middle East and North Africa, but um, there were definitely Norwegians um, in there. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and they were very kind, very welcoming. They um, gave me a Quran and a book that's like an intro to the faith. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I warned them, like, I'm not here to be converted or anything. And they were like, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that at all. Sure. We just want to, like, give you the information. Um, and we hopefully will be talking to Najib um, mm-hmm. sometime this week, getting coffee with him. Um and he told me a story about an old Christian friend he used to have yeah. who was always telling him, like, I want you to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I told him the same thing. I was like, I really want you to be a Christian. I'm not going to, like, sit here and right. hammer your brain until you become one. But, like, let's get a cup of coffee and just continue. Especially, like, him opening up his heart and talking about um, his life as he did to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just seeing, like, the kindness that this guy has and, like, the wisdom in the um, sermon, call it a sermon, um, is much different than a sermon, but um, he was translating it for me. And the wisdom is pretty similar to a lot of wisdom that we have. So to hear all these like things that are different and hear all these things that are similar to mm. the faith that we have, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think it's going to be really um, interesting, challenging, exciting right. to dive into a hopefully a friendship um, where we can actually have those conversations. And um, I don't know. I think he's willing to go into <laughs> like all the conversations that you dream of having with people. I think he's totally willing to stick with it. Um, yeah. yeah. And they usually wait. are. I mean, I, it's hard to find a Muslim who isn't. I mean, well, my experience, at least so far in Norway, like evangelizing in Gudlandland, like it's it's kind of bizarre to think about it like this way, but I mean, I kind of have to, like, it's, it's like a mini outpost of like the middle East Mm -hmm. or North Africa in Norway. Like it's an outpost of like these people, they think, you know, like Muslims and their whole community, like of friends and family is all Muslim. It's all Mm -hmm. built around what they do at the mosque and what they do during at the week. And they hang on to their, to their culture and and everything. They, they bring it with them and they hang on to it. Mm. Oh yeah. And, and so, and what's interesting is anybody who's listening, right? And I know for us, like, if you've ever seen, like, a clip of, like, a Muslim Christian debate maybe on YouTube or, like, a Muslim asking, like, Nabil Qureshi, right, yeah. or David Wood probably, um, like, a question about, you know, the Bible or Jesus, these people, like, here, uh, you wouldn't think it, but, like, you would think, like, everyone's different, right? But it's almost like, and I don't mean this insultingly, 
but it's true. I can't wait for whatever this is. This is my experience. (laughs) It's almost like they're on the same script. Like it's almost like they ask the same questions. They ask. They have the same objections. Like I I haven't spoken to one Muslim here um, about Jesus who has not asked me this question in this way with this you know verbiage. Where did Jesus say, I am God or worship me? Mm-hmm. That is a, that's every word in order, every yeah. time how they ask the question, and that's the question they ask. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird, it's, it, it's, but it's, it's bizarre to think like, are they, it's like they're reading all the same apologist or like being taught all the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I'm just saying, that, and they're eager to talk about that. They're eager to ask those mm-hmm. questions because nobody has ever shown them where, where did Jesus say, I am God, worship me? And for me, it's like, well, right. How about we, you know, look at you know in the New Testament where he said that. But um, yeah, but that's a. I'm happy you had that experience. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Any other uh, reflections you had on that kind of stuff? No, I just. Um, I wish I could like get across to everyone who's listening who hasn't been in a worship service of a different religion. Yeah. Um, how bizarre and like, um, like we've talked a couple times about the burden of the gospel like should rest on every Christian's shoulders mm-hmm. and um, we should realize there's no one who's allowed to be sitting on the bench like that's not allowed in uh, Christianity as long as you're following what Jesus says to do um, mm. like go to a service of a different religion yeah. and just your heart will um, pound and mm. I don't yeah just being in that service um, it does Afterward, Najib asked me if I felt anything, like if the service impacted me or uh, made me feel any certain way. And my answer to him was um, basically no. Um, but I, my answer was no in the way that like he was asking, like, oh, did anything that he said like make you feel something or do you feel like the presence of Allah? Or, and I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's what he was asking. Um, but I heard and was whispering to the same God that I am constantly praying to all the time and was just witnessing and like, wow, we've got work to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with Mm non-Christians. Like, um, I don't know. That's the easy, most obvious thing to my eyes, but to Mm -hmm. see a room filled with people who, um, aren't just, um, again, like don't have any claim to faith or at least Mm -hmm. don't, um, put any faith forward that they say they would mm-hmm. say they have, um, but to be in a room full of people who have a different faith mm-hmm. that is definitely or uh, I can't think of the word I was trying to say, but yeah. certainly well, I mean, not Christianity. Yeah, um, is yeah eye opening. Uh, well, yeah. So I have mm-hmm. a couple of thoughts. Please. One is that experience that you had where you are a religious observer, mm-hmm. and then you visit a a gathering of people with, uh, of religious observers of another uh, another religious tradition and how foreign that is you're like it is so it's so different mm. and then try and imagine what we're asking people to do when we invite them to church mm-hmm. and how it's important to get people to church i think but that can't just be our evangelistic strategy because w- you're a religious observer and you're just going to observe with other religious observers who have a different faith now it's, it's a false faith tradition i hope mm. we're not giving the impression that we no. think they're like you know, yeah. close enough, whatever. No, 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 no. There, that's, I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But your religious person hanging out with other religious people and going, whoa, this is wildly foreign. This is so different mm-hmm. than what I'm used to. Yeah. Now imagine somebody who's secular, um, 
basically has no belief in any of that stuff and shows up to a church service and what it must be like for them. I think we get, mm-hmm. uh, we get, I mean, you guys have been, so you, a Christian who's gone now to um, Muslim uh, prayer service or Christians who go just even to other churches mm-hmm. and it's sort of uncomfortable and you don't know what to do. Imagine what, or try and imagine, maybe we can't cause it's been too long, but at least understand what we're asking people to do, especially non-believers to come mm. to church with us. Yeah. Or when you invite a person of a, of a different religious tradition to church with you. And I think we can see how maybe that shouldn't be, at least the that shouldn't be our whole evangelistic strategy mm-hmm. because it's so weird and it's so foreign and uncomfortable and you don't know what to do. Mm. And the second thing is look at how tuned people are to worship and to worship idols, right? Mm-hmm. So what the, what's happening in that mosque is um, there is no true God in there, right? right. The, it's, he's, he's not there. And we see the warnings over and over and over again in, in the Old Testament where God's like, stop worshiping the idols and like knock it off. Yeah. And Solomon puts idols up in right. the temple. It's like, what? Are, whoa, what? <laughs> Or Gideon rebuilds statues and idols literally like months yeah. after being commanded to tear them down. Seriously. Or, or they get the the um, the people with Moses, right? The call them Israelites. Yeah. They uh, they get to Mount Sinai. <laughs> Proto Israel. Moses goes up and he, while he's receiving the commandments from God Almighty, yeah. who's been guiding them in a cloud and a pillar of fire, right? Yeah. They who they've witnessed all these miracles from. And Moses is gone for like a half an hour, and they're like, "We gotta build some. We gotta make some idols to worship." Right? Like, what? And that's one. That's uh, the second command, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't make for yourself a graven image. Like, stop carving idols. Stop worshiping other stuff. And as Christians, we have exactly the same right. temptation. And everyone is so. Everyone who's hearing this, if you have a pastor, your pastor has told you something like, "Anything that you put before God is an idol for you." That's true. Yeah. But there's so much more than that. Right. Like that we are so prone to worship, and we can worship. We can worship our pastor. We can worship our church. We uh, find way, interesting ways to worship ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can worship the emotional state that we're in during the music portion of our service on Sundays. Yeah. Um, we can worship the way that we serve the church. Like we can, we have all of these idols that we will give our that will give glory to who aren't God. And mm-hmm. then, and then look at, so you have to wash your face three times and your hands and your feet and you have to be clean. You're, mm-hmm. you're going into holy ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look what people are willing to do. And the, tr- the, the rituals we're willing to perform in order to be a part of worshiping. And it almost doesn't matter what the thing is. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mean to, yeah, I don't mean to minimize and I, there's certainly a spiritual influence. So I don't think, mm. I don't think sp- nothing spiritually is happening in there. You know, I don't think the absence of spiritual activity is what goes on in the mosque. I think there's probably spiritual activity right. that just isn't from God. Sure. Um, but we are built and designed and it's come so naturally to us to worship mm. and, um, I think that's also something that we need to bear in mind. I mean, even among secular people, they are prone to worship. They won't call it that. They won't recognize maybe right. the spiritual component, but are prone to worship something. And most of the time it's ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why. <laughs> so there's something I like to think about that idolatry is popular. Yeah. Idolatry is way more popular than like we think it is. I remember one of the first um, 
messages, call it. Maybe I hate saying sermon. I, I hate that word. But anyways, sermon uh, that I ever shared years ago on comparison to a bunch of like middle school students. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, oh gosh, what do I, how can I preach on comparison? Well, comparison's the thief of joy. I'll just repeat that for mm-hmm. half an hour and just see, see how far that gets me. Um, but I thought about it for a little bit, um, and I, I realized comparison. What's it? The root of comparison is idolatry. Yeah. And so, like, and I'm not trying to make this a sermon about comparison, but you know, idolatry, you know, is is present when you know we try and serve something else or set some kind of standard for ourselves mm-hmm. that we're trying to reach or please or um, appeal to. That's not God. Yeah. And so that's the root of it's so present in our everyday. I, you know, I love you make, making that point. Yeah. Um, I love you. And I love that point <laughs> that you made. Like idolatry doesn't exist. Uh, only exists in like pagan African tribes, yeah. right? That don't that worship the sun or the trees, right? Yeah. That's obvious idolatry. But what about the idolatry that says like I I will die unless I have the, my phone? Like if my <laughs> if my phone blows up, like and I don't have the money to replace it, like that's it. Like it's yeah. game over, man, game over. And so um, I love that I love that point. It's true. It's what it is, and we don't want to be like um, wishy washy on this. Um, we believe the Muslims in the in the mosque they aren't worshiping the true God, no. and they're deceived. And we love them, mm-hmm. and we're trying to we try to communicate with them the gospel. And so I think definitely like building relationships with them will be one of the uh, one of the key things. Because there was another gentleman that same day mm-hmm. we talked to. Sorry if I'm totally interrupting your story, oh, but no. we can talk no. about Haji as well. Yeah. Um, was another Muslim gentleman. He was talking to you and Daniel actually first mm-hmm. and it was getting kind of loud and that's fine. He's passionate. <laughs> he wasn't loud because he was angry. He was loud because he was passionate. Um, and you guys got, called me to come over to like, hey, Jacob, you should, you should listen to this guy, mm-hmm. right? And, he asked me if I've read the Quran, and I'm like, yeah, I've read a little bit of the Quran. And so he's asking me, you know, trying to t- convince me that, like, Jesus is a Muslim or, you know, convince me that uh, – and here's another fun one. And this is, again, something I've heard so often. Like, well, here's the thing. The Jews just changed the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, when? When, yeah. did, <laughs> when know, and where? When and, did that happen? And, yeah. but it's, it, and so it was just – kind of obvious to me like when he was like well no like obviously I can't tell you when but they changed it and so because um, they're so bought into what they've been taught from their apologists they recommend the same apologists all the time um, I don't even remember his name but I have it on my uh, on YouTube somewhere but um, they've just been fed the same thing it's just they just repeat the same like script they're like well yeah obviously the bible's been corrupted i'm like okay where is the bible been corrupted and by the way your quran says that the words of allah can't be corrupted hmm. so if the words of allah can't be corrupted how is the bible which your quran says is the words of allah be corrupted anyways that's a that's the islamic dilemma but um yeah very very interesting experiences evangelizing uh, to Muslims and that, and hopefully we set that appointment soon mm-hmm. so we can uh, definitely build a relationship with him and uh, try and share with him the truth that Jesus is God and that you know that uh, we're saved by grace through faith alone. So because mm-hmm. that's where we, uh, I definitely think we should start. Because I try not to with unbelievers start with like a theology class, right? But because to be a Muslim, you have to deny the deity of Christ to become a Muslim. You have mm-hmm. to deny the Trinity to become a Muslim. I actually probably would start with the fact that Jesus is God with a Muslim and start there and then 
build the blocks to the gospel. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. We can talk about that whenever we well, want. That's, I mean, we've talked about that as yeah. kind of an evangelistic and apologetic strategy, and it's something that I take from um, from William, William Lane Craig. Yeah. And people ask him about some ancillary topic. What about? I have this important question about uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't. I'm not really an expert on that, but. Do you think you can believe in evolution and also be saved? Yeah. Okay, well, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Like, what we can't expect is for someone to have perfected their doctrine and worldview right. before they're saved by grace. It's like, no, 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 no. We need to work hard on welcoming people into the family, introducing them to Jesus, um, and and getting them saved, knowing that mm-hmm. the, that it's God who saves, right? But right. getting them saved... Then we can work on the on the other right. more interesting stuff that's, yeah. you know... So why would we put extra... Um, could you imagine standing in front of God someday and explaining to Him why, why you built walls in between, mm-hmm. in between lost people and Him? Yeah, like that's a fearful mm. day, and we'll have to account for that. So, why make it any more? Why make it any more difficult? I mean, my yeah. theology certainly isn't perfect. Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where it's imperfect, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my doctrine isn't perfect, and uh, and God's working with me on that, and so are. Um, so our wise Christian people, right? The the body of Christ, the family of God, is working with me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we do the same thing? And I think that's an important evangelistic lesson. I mean, right. sometimes depending on who you're talking to, starting with uh, evolution broadly conceived, mm-hmm. or the age of the earth, age of the earth and the universe, mm-hmm. um, the, the five points, <laughs> right? The doctrines of grace. Right, doctrines of grace. Yeah, there might be bad starting points. Of course, there might, are. might yeah. be bad starting points. So, um, what what people need is not to have the correct view of creation necessarily. That's not what saves you. Yeah, that's what Jesus didn't say. Listen, here's where you have to start. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm sending you guys out. What you need to do is get everyone to believe uh, this view of creation. Yeah, right? no, no, no. What people need is the gospel. They need mm-hmm. to know that they have sinned against Almighty God, who will hold them accountable for their sin against him and you cannot be in relationship with your maker unless yeah. uh, unless your relationship is made harmonious it's just it's just impossible that's what people need they need to be mm. redeemed uh, they need to be redeemed by Jesus and have their relationship with God restored they don't need necessarily the exact perfect doctrine of Mm-hmm. Blah 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 of whatever, yeah, of whatever. And so, yeah, and that's something I want to stress. Like, I want to be like emphatic about. Like, I, I, I really don't want to do that. Like, build unnecessary walls on yeah. like whatever particular pet doctrine that I might be really passionate about, or that. Um, and here's here's why I'm, I stress that point, and I'm enthusiastic about not building up barriers. Is because I was that guy for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And so I would discover something that I was really passionate about, like. I don't know, picking, this is not a necessarily a true example, but it could be anything. When you find out that the devil's name was never Lucifer, yeah. some of you just found that out right now. Um, <laughs> but it's true. It, right. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm leaving. So when you find out that, you know, whatever, the, that the rapture is not real, or so, some of you just found that out right now. <laughs> Whoa, what? You know, Let's you, walk that back a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh! Pick, so yeah. pick anything, right? Yeah. You, you, pick you, your, you pick, get excited yeah. about something doctrine. new that you learned, and you find a way. You find some way to introduce it into the conversation, mm-hmm. and then you make that um, your gospel, the gospel unconsciously. Yeah. Or some people do it consciously, and they're jerks. But some people can. Um, 
inadvertently be jerks by doing that unconsciously like mm-hmm. oh well here's this cool thing to introduce in the conversation and so I, I try to not do that as much as possible try yeah. to as much as possible keep the secondary things secondary and keep the yeah. main thing the main we thing we end up worshipping mm-hmm. a doctrine right we point right. to we tell someone this is God worship that which can be idolatry yeah, which is, <laughs> absolutely can be idolatry yeah. and uh, and yeah there's there's much to say but it's more or less more yeah. of the same and so all of that to say the reason why I would do that, <laughs> would do the deity of Christ with Muslims, is for the reasons I've stated. But but that but that deity of Christ is raised, essential. That's no, essential is. for any for anybody to be saved. You must mm-hmm. recognize that Jesus is God and right. King. So that yeah, that's necessary for anyone. That's an area of doctrine we definitely should pursue with every Absolutely. person. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what um, like to kind of bring that all back to the experience we had with well, I had with Najib. Um, the um, oh, just, I don't know. Any Christian who's listening, um, go observe a service. And then, like, we talked about our previous experiences. Um, my visit to a Buddhist mm-hmm. service was only a room of five or six people. Yeah. Um, my visit to a Sikh service was um, during the week when there wasn't a large service. There was a small prayer service they had, but only two or three people. Um, but, um, for every Christian, like go sit in a service of a different religion and just observe that. And mm-hmm. like, cause it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. seeing right. like all the things you guys are touching on, like the idolatry and, um, the and rejection. how devoted people are to it. Right? Yeah. And the rejection. So like, I think with, um, like, especially in America, how we do church, like our focus is the Mm -hmm. non-Christian. But it's kind of like, I don't know, since we are worldly and also Christian, Mm. like it's not too foreign to us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like we lose the potency of like how um, heartbroken we should be Mm. um, when looking at the non-Christian and realizing that they reject the deity of Christ without um, maybe even considering the deity of Christ. Like mm-hmm. for many non-Christians, we just have to bring it up and give them the news. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so I think we like kind of forget the heartbrokenness we should have mm-hmm. um, because they don't have a faith they put forward. But like go sit in a room with tons of people worshiping a different religious system and one particularly where they deny the deity of Christ outright. And that is like what was so heartbreaking. Um, Cause on the streets of Oslo or when I'm walking to our apartment, I can look at the windows and see like most of the people whose windows I'm like looking at right now probably aren't saved, probably don't know or follow Jesus um, and have that sense of like burden put on me. But sitting in that service, I know for a fact every person in this room, this giant room mm-hmm. that's filled with people, every one of them um, is not currently following yeah. the only one true Lord mm-hmm. who will redeem them and save them from their own sinfulness and yeah. everything. So just, mm-hmm. yeah. They're deceived. Yeah. yeah. They, they just are. And it's heart, I mean, it's heartbreaking to say it that way, but I mean, and. And what Bailey's suggesting, I think you should totally do it. Mm. Go to your go to a Mormon church, right? Go to your uh, kingdom halls with your Jehovah's Witnesses, right? These are people. Those are ones are 
more relevant to what we were just talking about with the deity of Christ because they do mm-hmm. too. The, the the Mormons and Jehovah's Witness deny the ultimate like you know classical Christian understanding of the deity of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so go build relationships with those people. Talk to those people. We got the Jehovah's Witnesses here. Yep. I got to talk to them at the coffee cart uh, mm-hmm. one time. It was so. It, I don't know really why. Well, I, gained, I guess I kind of know why because I we had two more cups of coffee. We had two cups of yeah. coffee left. <laughs> we had two cups of coffee left, and we were like, we got to get rid of these cups of coffee. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna. Can I go take them to the Jehovah's Witnesses over there? They've talked to nobody all day, and like they're just standing there with their table of literature. So I go, you know, take the cups of coffee to them, and you know, just talk to them for a little bit. Just say, hey, I'm a Baptist. You guys are Jehovah's Witnesses. Want to get? you know, some coffee after you're drinking this one and we can talk about this. And it was, I asked them, I was like, okay, since I'm here, give me like your five minute pitch of like, you know, why you guys are out here, what I need to know. They hand me their thing and I, I turn it around and they have like the kind of questions you would begin like a, maybe a gospel conversation with like, mm-hmm. where do you go when you die? Yeah. Like, you know, do you believe in God and stuff like that? I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, where are you going when you die? And so just using that to evangelize, <laughs> to evangelize the JWs, I just thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, I should be, uh, hopefully there's a, there's a woman named uh, uh, Julia. Her last name is Rushur, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's R U. S J E. Oh, yeah. It, it translates to Red Sea. It's so hard to say. And she was like, "You're saying it well." And I'm like, "You are t- too kind." Because that's I'm sure I'm not saying it well at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we should be meeting with them soon. So all that to say, please go look at a service, and that's what we've been experiencing here. Mm. Very cool. Well, and I got to talk to. Yeah, it was a very brief conversation. So I was kind of. Um, uh, sort of hold up behind the behind the bench making coffee, yeah. so uh, which is which is not great. So making the coffee is just an excuse for us to talk to people. So it's blessing our community because uh, Norwegians love their coffee, mm-hmm. right? Love their coffee, love coffee. So people love it. They see free coffee, they line up for it, they get stoked, and we can spread a little bit of just sort of love and happiness to our community. But it's really an excuse to talk to people. And there's a Polish young lady called Gabriella who I made some coffee for, and we had some chit-chat. And uh, she, everyone asked, why are you, why are you doing this? Because they want to pay us. And we said, mm-hmm. no, 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 it's free. And like, it's free? Okay, awesome. Why? And we go, we're a church, and we're a church, and we we meet just right over there. Yeah. So the, the the building where our church meets is right there in Grönland, um, very deliberately. We're a church, we meet right over there, uh, and we're here just blessing the community right and and, uh, and we love jesus and jesus loves you and we can share that a little bit of that through coffee and we see what kind of doors that opens mm-hmm. and she goes oh okay yeah she's like but isn't the bible kind of like isn't it kind of like brutal and she and she mm-hmm. was trying to be kind of like she wasn't mm-hmm. condemning me or being rude or anything she's like isn't right. it kind of like brutal and sort of like has some not nice things to say about women mm. i was like I, you know i've read it a few times what what do you what do you mean mm-hmm and she goes, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, but I'm just pretty sure. Isn't it like really brutal and like really like has some, like it's not very good how right. it treats women. And I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I've read, I've read it. <laughs> right. Um, and I guess maybe there's some brutal, but I, there's, you know, there, there's some stuff that like, if you turned the Bible into a movie, it would not be a G rated movie. Right. Right. No, <laughs> so, absolutely not. Yeah. So there's some awful stuff in there. Like, yeah. like from the beginning, but well, from like a half an hour after the beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, 
she couldn't she couldn't tell me one thing that she thought was brutal. What she has what she's done is absorbed this myth of the time, mm-hmm. right? The 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 story is Christians are bigoted. They they are repressive of women mm-hmm. and have no problem with slavery, brutality, God, there's genocide, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And that has, it's interesting that that story has sort of seeped into people's bones where she's Polish. That's a, right. I mean, that's a historically uh, Catholic place. And it's not like she's not, I mean, they have a rich Christian history there. So it's not like there's no information, but her basic understanding of the Bible is that mm-hmm. it's brutal and doesn't treat women well. And when I asked for for one example, could you tell me what what you mean? Yeah, and she's like, I don't, you know, I don't know, I can't think of anything. I don't, I don't really know. So she goes, Well, I don't know, I don't know, but I've heard that it's really mm-hmm. awful mm-hmm. And, and that it's a uh, chauvinistic or, right. or or whatever. And but the thing is, especially with like those topics like slavery and women, like historically, <laughs> like with Christianity mm-hmm. and women and slaves, yes. like. That's for, couldn't be further from the Where truth. Where Christianity that, goes, slaves are freed, women are educated, yes. and people become literate. Right. For 2,000 years, that's the tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't always happen. Shamefully, there are some people who wave the, wave the flag of Jesus who um, even marshal, I won't say they're Christian faith because I don't think they're saved. Yeah. But they'll marshal Christian um, Stuff. Well, here's what I'll say. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll in, put on their flags Bible verses out of context, right? Where Paul says, like, slave, slaves yeah. obey your masters, right? And they'll say, like, see, this supports slavery. Well, yeah. actually, just that verse on its own, yeah. it doesn't. It for sure doesn't. It doesn't say, oh, yeah, slavery is a good thing and your governments should allow laws for slavery. Like, no, it says if you are a slave, yeah. obey your masters as you would Christ. And the purpose of that is to lead your masters to Jesus. Yeah. The purpose of that is to be an example of Christ. It's to, to be your, humble like your Jesus masters. was. If there's right. anybody who, right. <laughs> who deserved to be the <laughs> master. To be the master <laughs> and was the most humble yeah. example even possible. Right. And, and so you're right. But then the broader point is that's not the only point that people have um, used Christian imagery and tradition and whatever or, or sort of bastardized interpretations of the text yeah. and whatever as a bludgeon to hurt and oppress people. Certainly that's in the history of Christendom and it's, it's shameful and should rarely be rejected. But as far as, as far as, the, but that's not the story, right? That's like, <laughs> that's like this slice over here. We go, yeah, if we all, that's bad. We all say that that's bad. Right. The broad story from the get-go is Christians are people of the book and wherever they go, they spread literacy and something like equality and where, where you find, uh, you find the, you find oppressed mm-hmm. people becoming, becoming less oppressed yeah. and being treated like image bearers of God. And they break down, um, sort of social artificial social barriers. I mean, it's all over the scriptures, but even especially in the mm-hmm. book of James talks about mm-hmm. preferential treatment for rich people. Like when you guys get together, the rich guys don't get the good chairs. That's not how, that's not how we <laughs> right. do this. They're in, you have Paul explicitly saying that there's no distinction between rich and poor people, yeah. slave um, or free, slave or free yeah. or any of the ethnic, uh, ethnic things that we'd like to put in between us being family or being part of God's family yeah. with one another. And that's among that's what you see in the history of the world. That's what you see over and over and over again. Where the missionaries go, you get literacy, you get rights for women, and you get uh, you get education. Mm-hmm. However, but what we have so what we have now is this myth, the superstition that religious people are, have uh, started all the wars, which isn't even close to true. That's right. just that's. 
That's so it's not close not to true. true. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. All, the, all the wars in history are religious. Well, some of them were, but not even yeah. close to... Yeah, no. And then this idea that what Christians are doing is oppressing women and we're in favor of brutal things that serve our ends or something. And you can't even say, well, like, well the God of the Old Testament is a genocidal... Like, time out, stop, mm-hmm. let's talk. What do you mean? And they never know what they mean. That's just a thing. Right. That's just a thing they've heard. So, and it's really interesting because it's pretty prejudicial. She's mm-hmm. never opened a Bible and read it. She couldn't even tell me. If she said, oh, well, I read this story, and that seems really yeah, that would be hateful. Different. That seems really hateful. Or I heard this thing, and that was, that was rough. Like, yeah. you believe in God who does this? <laughs> and by the way, ladies, gentlemen, friends of ours, there's some really difficult stuff in the scriptures yeah. that mm-hmm. we have to reckon with and understand, and it requires nuance and care and depth. Not everything in the Bible is just easy, right? There's some right. stuff in there we go, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I do not let, allow women to teach men. Okay, what, like what do we do with this? Is it just mm-hmm. that? Is it just that simple? Uh, probably not. And and other things, right? So mm-hmm. especially go to the law in the Old Testament. Like there's an Old Testament yeah. law. If a man is fighting with another man and his wife comes and grabs one of the guys <laughs> right. by the testicles, then what do you? Then you cut her hand off. You're like, whoa! And don't feel bad about it. Yeah. yeah. If, if, what's all this about? There's yeah. some hard stuff, guys. But it's ultimately perfectly answerable and all of it is in alignment with god's perfect loving just holy nature um but what's interesting is when people say those things like gabriella did she's a really sweet young lady Mm -hmm. Uh, and she was kind again she wasn't like pointing a finger but she's like isn't doesn't the bible like i i'm pretty sure it's full of brutal stuff and it's not and it's really bad to women and i go oh i'm like like i've read the book I i don't know what you're talking about tell me I don't know, mm-hmm. but she's happy to believe that. And so are so many people. Sure, mm-hmm. That's right. just kind of the, the general belief, the myth about the scriptures is that they hate women and it's brutal isn't usually the word I've heard, but there's usually something in there about slavery. Well, the Bible is in favor of slavery. Well, no, it's not. Well, people used it to be in favor of slavery and therefore you can make the Bi- interpret the Bible to mean anything you want. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> like, it, I mean, to the extent that you can, you can you interpret any text to mean what you want it yeah. to mean. Mm-hmm. You can't interpret the Bible any way you want and be intellectually honest or consistent. The Bible means something. Yeah. Right. Every passage of scripture, every, call it sentence, I don't know that words themselves without the help of other words, have much in the way of meaning. But <laughs> sure. But the scriptures, they mean something and they don't mean other things. That's true. They, so it means yeah. it means something and it doesn't mean something else. And we can be wrong about it, but that doesn't mean that it's meaningless or that any interpretation is mm-hmm. is valid or that interpretations are um, are equally credible or likely to be true or something like that. So let's yeah. disabuse ourselves of this notion that, well, sure, people have used the Bible to do bad things and we, we can interpret the Bible kind of to mean anything we want. No, we can't. There's a gentleman um, who uh, are friends, friends of ours on Facebook. Uh, I think, gosh, this was the second year we were in Bergen 2020. It's Daryl. Mm-hmm. What's his last name? Doyoma? Daryl Doyema. Doyema. Gotcha. Um, so Daryl Doyema, he's a, where, where did he study? Where did he go to school? <laughs> Biola, right? <laughs> Biola. <Okay. laughs> Big B. Yeah, so he did a talk on um, Is the Bible Dangerous was yeah. the name of his talk so good. in front of a Norwegian crowd in Bergen. His answer was yes yeah. <laughs> um, to that question. But, you know, is the Bible, so he talked about, you know, what the Bible talks about with uh, quote-unquote genocide, although I would not 
this is controversial in and of itself. I would not call the holy wars in the Old Testament genocide. It's not anyways, controversial. It wasn't genocide. It was not genocide. Um, but anyways, we can talk about that whenever. He talked about slavery, um, what the Bible teaches about homosexuality mm-hmm. and women when it says, like, wives submit to your husbands. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And yeah. So he unpacked all of it in, in a very charitable and um, intellectual way, in a very gentle way as well. A pastoral um, way. Very pastoral way as well. And it was just awesome. You know, I love like in the middle of his talk, like people were like raising their hands. I I remember like he mentioned slavery briefly Mm -hmm. and then was going to talk, you know, delve more into it. But when people ask questions, they're like, but the Bible does talk about slavery. Mm -hmm. Her question wasn't, here's chapter and verse of the legislation in the Old Testament about slavery. It was like, well, the Bible does justify, in a sense, slavery, in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, and he said, well, yeah, well, let's talk about it. And I yeah. think that's, that's a really interesting distinction you make up because, you know, when people are like, isn't the Bible really brutal? And you've acknowledged, like, yeah, there are parts of the Bible that are difficult to read and, mm. and deal with. And I'm not just talking about, like, Leviticus. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, <laughs> First Samuel, yeah, right? So, right. Uh, and Judges, gosh, Judges is horrific, the ending of that book. Like, Take the whole story of David, super rated R, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. There's gross stuff mm-hmm. in, in David's life and in so many of the biblical characters' life. Um, and that's worth talking about, like you yeah. mentioned. Like, there's definitely a conversation that should be had there. And I well, think and if we that, don't confront it as Christians, then we're not being serious people. Right. We can, if, we, if we don't chew on the chewy stuff, right? If, we, if what we do is dip our toast in uh, in some orange juice so it's mm-hmm. nice and soft and yeah. uh, the, so the folks who are liable to be watching this are not those kinds of Christians that we know but um, but in general Christian brothers and sisters we got we have to deal with the hard stuff yeah. because it's because of the entire the entirety of the scriptures are about God we right. want to know who he is and what he's like and have a clear and better understanding of him and our relationship and what he wants from us and the nature of existence and the universe and eternity yeah. and all of that and so Dealing with the hard stuff. Two men are fighting. A woman comes to help her husband. You cut her hand mm-hmm. off if she attacks the other guy in a certain way. Like, what's that about? That's yeah. a super valuable question to answer. It is. The yucky stuff can teach you so much about yourself, honestly. Yeah. It teaches you a lot about God's character, a lot about your own sin. Um, there's yucky stuff that can teach you about sexuality, mm-hmm. like, you know, the proper use for that, and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, and how you should treat other people and worship God. And mm-hmm. so that's a lot of really cool stuff. This was a fun conversation. I think there's definitely a lot more we could talk about. Like there the, always is. Yeah. There? With a coffee cart and, you know, stuff. who knew that, you know, talking about daily going to a mosque would lead to us talking about, you know, have we ever been together and been like, I'm just, are you guys done? I'm just done. <laughs> no, every time, every, every single time without exception, I tell the guys like, Hey, so let's make this podcast episode a little shorter than it normally is. Never worked ever, ever one time <laughs> it's worked one time. And you can totally see in the episode when I'm like, sit the brakes. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. But we're stopping now. So thank you for watching. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode about our experiences here. And hopefully we'll see you again in two more weeks to continue talking about the coffee bike. God bless. See you again in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.